0: All right, what's up, everybody? Freaky Friday. Welcome back to the big show with the big man, with the big man from the big apple, big Johnny stud at John the Gazer on the bird app. Getting me any time of day, any day of the week, because we get it when we fit it around here. Continuing the Legendary Friday series and it's another goat. It's been goat after goat after goat. Man, we are living on the damn farm here on Fridays. If you haven't seen the handsome face, it's my dude Mark Zino. I mean, God, Mark, I've seen you everywhere. I've been following you for a while. So to see you kind of move up. You got him on sports memo. You have seen him on sports grid. I know I've seen him on vSAN. I've listened to him on ESPN radio. My man, Mark, what's going on?
1: <laughs> oh man, it's great to be with you, John. Thank you so much for having me. Uh two two Italians doing this. It feels very old school. You know, Even you should have godfather yeah, music in the which, background or something speaking of which out a martini for our boy tony bennett
0: really sad day you know, know for uh i know there's some people in my family that'll be a little sad today right I, it, I tweeted about it of course i caught some boomer heat but that's from back in the day when the musicians had talent and the comedians actually made you laugh because they were funny and clever people played instruments and actually sang and didn't hide behind you know f-bombs and uh Auto tunes, so like whatever. You know, what? there's a pretty good, a pretty good lay in, actually. It's a pretty good segue into the show because that's what we're going to do. We're going to be genuine, bringing you the nuance and the context, all the stuff that matters. Rate, review, and subscribe to the channel as we make our way to a thousand subscribers. Mark, I've called this show the rest, the restaurant where the chefs eat because. We, you know, we started from scratch. We're very little, but the people that listen to us are like industry heads and professional handicappers. You know, it's very funny for the for the little bit. I call it Sparta, right? We're 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 few, but we are, you know, vicious. So, welcome to the phalanx, my man. Um, nah, you are it's a weird. bit of bridge. You only have a couple minutes. I want to squeeze every bit of knowledge we can get from you. So, we're gonna chop up our normal game by game thing. I'll get to that after you go. I want to focus on this daily K. Maybe any couple bets that you had. Because you do have an early one, let's start right there. The Cardinals and the Cubs are playing today, so for my fantasy players out there, make sure you set your lineups early. I know generally Friday we got locked into 7 o'clock, so make sure you check those lineups. There is one game.
1: Talk to us about Cardinals and Cubs, my man. Well, look, I've been fading the Cardinals. So I must be a glutton for punishment. Uh, <laughs> or third time to charm is what I'm hoping for. I faded the Cardinals twice this week, both times with the Miami Marlins in a series that the Cardinals ended up sweeping. You could argue if you watch those, those games close enough, and I did, the Marlins should have won all three and not lost all three. Alas, that didn't yeah. happen. Yesterday, the Cardinals beat Marcus Stroman. They've had a lot of success against Stroman not only this year, but Stroman struggled with them throughout his career. They topped him again yesterday. Now you get a situation today where the Cardinals come into this game, winners of six in a row, and yet they're an underdog against Justin Steele on the Chicago Cubs. Should have set off the first alarm in your head. Steele's coming off one of his worst starts of the season. Gave up 10 hits, 6 runs, and 6 innings to the Red Sox last time out. But still, it's a guy with a 2.96 ERA and a 1.1 whip on this season. It's his third start against the Cardinals for Steele this season. It's gone 12 innings, allowed 4 and runs, struck out 11. The Cardinals are 23rd in batting average, 22nd OPS, and 23rd in WRC Plus against lefties on the road since June 1st. On the flip side, most of this handicap is about fading Jack Flaherty. Don't let this 7-5 record fool you here, Johnny. ERA 4.29, WHIP 1.53. And even though he's got a lower ERA on the road this year, opposing hitters are batting two eighty six against him away from Busch Stadium. So don't let the last three starts fool you either against a bad Nationals team, a bad Marlins lineup as we just saw, and a Yankees lineup that's been terrible since Aaron Judge got hurt. So don't even look at those three. You also have to look at... a cubs lineup that since june 1st is fourth in major league baseball batting average ops and wrc plus at home against right-handed pitching so uh since july 1st cubs have the highest on base percentage against righties it's not a good matchup for Flaherty. he's going to put a lot of guys on he put 23 base runners on over his last three starts in 18 and two-thirds innings work that's a whip of about 1.25 cardinals bullpen was worked in this series against the marlins uh had to do a little work yesterday they had the seventh highest bullpen era Fifth highest bullpen whip. Back the Cubs on the money line today. I, I could be a complete glutton for punishment here, but eventually I'm gonna fade the Cardinals and get one right.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not necessarily gonna take the counter there, because that's a serious, pretty serious foundation. Again, you can see why Mark and I are simpatico, right? That was that was thorough, that was nuanced. My worry, my worry is this is like the beach ball theory. Right, the longer you try and push a beach ball, the further you push down in the water. When you let it go, the higher it pops up. And to me, that's been the Cardinals. Again, I I'm not saying I'm right, you're wrong, because I have welts on my arse going up against these Cardinals. And again, it's been it's been that offense last 500 plate appearances. They are top three in runs, homers, average, OBP, OPS, and particularly good against lefties. 350 expected wOBA versus lefties last 30. That's what's got me off it. But you nailed all the important stuff, Flaherty, who I. Again, this is, Mark, some of the nuance in the context, like I mentioned, the stuff we mentioned coming into the season, right? We want large samples. We don't want to overreact. But if looking backwards at pitchers like Flaherty, Alec Manoa, Lance Lynch, you're getting beat up every five days. Eventually, you have to look at what we have now. And though I think Flaherty still has kind of a top-end talent when the slider is working, the walks are out of control. The Chicago Cup offense has looked really good as of late. They're actually number one in scoring. Last 14 days, 342 Team Woba, 115 WRC Plus. They've been they've been a little bit weak as far as righties on the X stats, but again, with two walks and a single, that should do it. I do have a question because again, I like to pick the brains yeah. of people that come here. That that game is listed at like 125, 130, which is totally viable. Do you have a number for money lines that you say I either have to move to the run line, meaning as far as juice goes, Mark, that's what I mean. Is there a yeah. number of minus 150, minus 160 where you say I either got to go to a road line, I either have to pair this or maybe leave this alone?
1: It's a very loose line because a lot of it I can justify with the right pitching matchup, right? That's the thing about baseball, right? Yeah. In in football, you know, money lines and I, you know, I don't want to lay 175 ever. I'm just, you know, it's not a spot that I would I w- I would want to get comfortable in because of the level of variance. When I get certain pitching matchups, I don't mind doing it. I I have a hard time sometimes going above 150, 160. Uh, On money line spots, but you know a lot of this too depends on bullpens, right? And the variance that bullpens bring in. Cardinals bullpen is bad, so I'm a little bit more tolerant on the money line, knowing the fact that all those late inning at bats, you know, may end up helping me out in my favor um, down the road. You know, again, I when I get a money line that's thick that I don't necessarily like, maybe I'll go to a first five or even a first five run line. You know, I I just kind of stick to the maxim: if you ain't scoring early, chances are you ain't scoring late. Um, and so I I try to eliminate as much bullpen variance as possible, but whenever I have a decided advantage, like I do with the Cardinals bullpen and the Cubs bullpen isn't great. Objectively, it's not, they're just fresher than, than the Cardinals bullpen is. Um, but whenever I have a bottom five bullpen, like you kind of have to leave them in. Why would you take them out of the equation when they're going to give you extra at-bats and extra chances to score runs? Trust me. I don't want to agonize for nine innings. I hate it. Um, but in in this spot here, I I, get, and I think it's telling to me that the Cubs are the favorite against a team that's won six in a row. And I think the Cardinals have been mispriced a ton this year because oddsmakers are continuing to think, oh, they're going to snap out of it. Oh, they're going to snap out of it. Well, not, they're not going to snap out of it. They announced that they're selling. They're, they they want to just punt on the season. And, and yet they were favored against the Marlins in three straight who, oh, by the way, are in a pl- playoff spot. And now they're a dog against a team that's essentially as, as good or as bad as they are. Situation, I think the spot screams Cubs. And again, you know, I I could see people saying I'm not going to play it, but probably the logic should be it's Cubs or pass.
0: Yeah, that's a really good job on the bullpen stuff. Well, also on the pricing, the theory behind that. And to the bullpen, you dropped it before, and I want to highlight it for people that there's this whole, like, bullpen good, bullpen bad theory. But if you notice, Mark mentioned the workload. And to me, that's number one because there are good bullpens. You know, sometimes you can get after – let's say, the Giants or the Indians, when their top guys have pitched two nights in a row, where you're not going to get them. And those bullpens are taxed. It's something I know that you speak about a lot, the context of the bullpen. I provide bullpen stats to my subs and stuff. Again, people can follow me on Twitter, and it'll take you to the Sharpener link, and you can follow along with some of this advanced stuff we're doing. But that's the best we could do is, you know, you can't have everything all at once. So I do appreciate that because it's really important how you view bullpens. And you mentioned another one too, which is, Using that to then dictate whether or not you want to pitch full game or F5, something I've been preaching all year is you just don't go up against the A's F5. You take them all the whole game because the bullpen right. is so incredibly bad. You know, there's a couple of these teams right now, that that's going to be the case. Mark, again, since we kind of broke structure today, which is fine, I like to be a little bit different on Fridays. We have the, you know, I, think I have a collar on Monday through Thursday. Anything else you really like today? One thing I do want to mention about the K leader, it includes that early game. Mark, I don't know if you're familiar with it, and I don't think, even though you're backing Steele, I don't think this is the spot for him. But just, just to give you an idea of the pricing. Justin Steele is 100 to one to lead the day in strikeouts. Now, granted, right? We don't, you didn't pitch that as a move, and neither do I. But hundred to one, hundred to one. So I just like people to keep an eye on that board because, like, man, it's one of those really fun bets for a dollar and a dream out there. Very hard to get a viable hundred to one bet. Anywhere, right? I think we probably agree. So, Mark, back to you, man. Anything else you like today? You could, whether it's strikeout props, games, anything. What, what do
1: you got? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll run down, you know, my my sort of long list and short list here. On the long list, the Yankees coming yeah. off being swept. I, I don't buy into narratives, oh, well, they can't lose 4-0. Actually, they can, especially in baseball, right? Yeah. But they're yeah. nearly a 2-1 to favorite. Uh, if you want to swallow the minus 150 on the first five, I don't hate it. Uh, on the run line, that is. You'd have to lay the half run. Um, but typically, like, the benefit to doing first fives is that you can tie and, and get a push, right, like, and, and not lose. So you sort of take that out of play. Uh, the Orioles are on the short list again. I mean, I'm sorry, the long list. They're on my short list yesterday, Johnny, and, and like a freaking pansy. I didn't get to the window on it. Like, I just said to a buddy of mine, I go, why am I not taking the Orioles plus one and a half at minus 125? Like, it's such a moderate price for the best run, time, yeah. run line team in baseball. And Tampa yesterday was mispriced on the money line. They were like minus 180, minus 190. I'm like, that's a bad number for them. Like, they should be around where they are today at minus 155, minus 160. And that set bells off my head. I'm like, the Orioles are going to – plus one and a half is the best bet you can make in baseball. And the Orioles were an opportunity. I didn't get there yesterday. I'm skittish on doing it again and being a day late. So, um, they're on the long list. The Brewers are interesting, I think, because of the price. Right? Braves are only laying minus 120 which is tough for the best team in baseball, uh, which you don't really see. But that's because Mike Soroka's on the mound. But here's the thing in this spot here. I'd only look first five with the Brewers. Why? Two reasons. One, I don't want to give the Braves nine at-bats because their offense is too good. And the idea that, like, guess what? If the Braves are scoring early, their bullpen's good enough to slam the door, so you're probably dead anyway if you can't limit them. Early on, what are the chances you're gonna give up five runs, four or five runs on the first five and then not give up a run the rest of the game? Oh, by the way, you're gonna score on one of the better bullpens of baseball. So it's just situation. I think first five is there. Giants Nats over. I really, really want to get to the window on this thing. It's I, I but the problem is is like it's just a gut thing, um, more than anything else. The number's nine and a half. Now, Alex Cobb, again, don't let his numbers fool you. His whip is like 1.5. He puts guys on base religiously. Um, and Uh, You know, it's the Nationals. Their bullpen is terrible. You know, you you get a full game here. Uh, I just hate that nine and a half. Like, the logic I take with nine and a half here, John, is this. Like, if I need 10 to cover this bet, why not just take an alternate run at 10 and a half? Because if they can score 10, chances are they can score 11. Like, I'm willing to live with it if they land right on 10 and I lose. I'd rather get 10 and a half at plus money than nine and a half at minus money or even money, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like it's right. just plus
0: five five locks you in for the W. Right.
1: So like just generally like I'm just saying the game won't end on ten. If it only lands on nine, I would have lost both regardless. So I'm betting that that's the game pretty, won't you know
0: that's a, that's a pretty sharp take incorporating alt lines into that into that method of thinking, Mark. Super sharp. Really yeah, that, that really is sharp. I, I want to go I'm, I 10, I incorporate half. my algorithm work into this. And that one I'm way over is the reason I stopped you. I wanna I wanna hit that. So, producer, let's make that our first bet of today. Let's go let's go over on that one. Because we are Simpatico, Giants Nats. We're gonna go over that one. Man, it's it's actually moving up. Yeah, it was like nine, it was nine earlier on. Now you get nine and a half. I don't I know if all nine, but I wanna I had it at nine, that so over.
1: Locked it. i absolutely locked in at nine. I just didn't get know, that it was, this morning.
0: Man. Sometimes the problem with uh, creating content and trying to help people with bets is you and I see something and smash it, and by the time you could produce it and relay
1: it and get it out and people could act on it, sometimes these things are moving. And I, I would tell you, the best thing we can do is educate them on, one, yeah. get to the window early when you see it, two, why we like it at nine versus not nine and a half, and you don't make a bad bet on a bad number.
0: Yeah. Although that one, I, I again... I, because I'm a, I'm a model better, you know, I model every single game and I put that stuff out, I kind of opened the curtain so people could see the underpinnings of it, too. Mm-hmm. I really like to be consistent when I get these really heavy rings. You know, like the idea of doing the algorithm and doing the model, it's never supposed to predict the future. It's supposed to describe range of outcomes. I kind of talk about it. Like a, it's a cannon blast. It's not a sniper rifle. I know things that you're things that you're familiar with. If you get a second leader, before you go, I'd like you to talk about some of the positive work that you do in the community. I follow your stuff. I donated like 100,000 cards to Cards for Vets. So like you and I are, we are very simpatico, another reason why I've been aligned and gravitated towards you and your stuff, because you also think you also think very outward. You know, myself as well. Joseph, what are you paid to do, this man? I was getting paid more to bet professionally to be a professional derivatives trader. It's different when you do things like you said that you love. You mentioned right off the bat education, right? So again, you and I, the Venn diagram of the things we care about are like really a circle. Right. Of, I probably have more chicken parm in mind than you do. <laughs> All right. So how about this one? You mentioned you mentioned the Yankees. We got to get to one thing really quick. Now, I know I'm a tremendous Yankee fan. You can probably tell from the accent. But I have been focusing on this daily K-leader stuff. Marsh went out, and he's been a very high K-rate guy in the minors. He struggled through a few. He had a monster game last time out. Now, this is the most basic, like, ABCD analysis that you can do. But when you play with a lot of spreadsheets, sometimes it does open the third eye. If you take the pitcher's K-rate and the team's K rate over the last 500 play appearances. That's what I use 500 PA's, and add them together. Alec Marsh, that matchup comes in top five today yes. as far as the K stuff goes because Marsh has had you know his strikeout stuff going. And again, the Yankees, it is what it is. But they're they're striking out something that's not necessarily well, characteristic. But again, side waves, 24% K rate, sub 84% in zone contact for the Yankees last 500 PA's. He's fifty to one. So producer, do me a favor in the private chat. I like to keep a list of the names that I want to put out mm-hmm. there because we're going to tweet about this later on. Is I got to put in Alec Marsh for fifty to one? I got to put a dollar. I got to put a dollar on Alec it Marsh is, to strike out a dozen Yankees.
1: Where is Clark Schmidt? Because the the Royals are a team that strikes out a ton.
0: That's another one. Clark Schmidt at twenty one to one. Also, again, an awesome number. They, they're they a big strikeout team in the year. I didn't have them ring because lately they're not striking out. But let's not make any bones about it. This Royal team is terrible. Last two weeks, they have a 77 WRC+. And now I like to do a lot of splits. WOBA, X woba lefty-righty. Check it out, Mark. They do not have a 300 WOBA split anywhere, meaning they're sub-300, X WOBA, lefty-righty, last 30, both ways, so I think also producer, stick Clark Schmidt in there. That's another one, a 21-to-1, something. You know, I don't know. I've never really seen your future stuff. But I look at these like a golf ticket, Mark, where sure if you have five yeah. picks. If you have five or six picks, and they're all better than like 12-to-1, you have a chance of doubling, tripling up, playing like a roulette-style play at the board. So you dropped a whole bunch there. I I'm probably missed something. But, yeah, I think I'm with you on on – at least the early stuff. You, you got
1: anything else for us? Oh, absolutely. Um, oh. Let's see. The Texas Rangers um, on the money line here at a favorable number uh, at home. Heaney he still gets some of the best run support in all of baseball. Gonsolin has not been good. It feels like he's due for a stinker. Um, and Heaney hasn't been great either. But it, it's kind of like that start where he gets back on track. It looks like. Uh, and you know, the Dodgers just coming off you know their big series. With the, uh, with the Orioles. Um, I don't know. I, I just, again, I, I haven't. These, these are some of the, like my long list of games that I have to do some more work on. But I think the Rangers uh, at a favorable number at minus 108 at home, where they're very, very good. You just don't see them that often. And again, I think the Dodgers are a team that um, sometimes can be a little bit mispriced in certain matchups. So uh, the Padres interest me. I think they're a, they're a play-on team for me in the second half. I still believe they're going to make the playoffs. I might be the only one in crazy, but I don't love the pitching matchup here today. I'm not a huge fan of Lugo. However, situationally here, Johnny, like if they're going to make a run, like they got to sweep the Tigers. They actually don't have to just go out and win all three games um, in any size, way, shape, or form if they really want to start to make a push before the trade deadline to figure out what they are and what they're not. So this is a spot for them after you know, a tough first series coming out uh, against Toronto where they can go out and, and you know, play a weak team and go beat them. So that was the long list. Cubs definitely made the short list. Two other games on the short list here. Diamondbacks, um, the Reds are favored at home in a spot against a team that just took two or three from the Braves. Probably should have taken all three. Um, I, I like the spot here for Arizona. I think the starting pitching matchup is about even. I give an edge to the Arizona bullpen uh, and their lineup. You know, the Arizona bullpen – I'm sorry, the, the Reds bullpen, like ERA rise middle of the road, bottom 10 in – uh in, in or bottom five in whip. I got, I got to double check the numbers. And then bottom 10 in, like, walks um, for the bullpen. So Phillies are uh, – I mean, I'm sorry, the, uh, the D-backs are a lineup that will play against you for nine innings. So I, I lean the D-backs there. My only fear with Arizona is that they had that perfect game going from Zach Allen. They have a late letdown. It's like that double letdown spot you know, where they yeah. just have a stinker on the road after the emotional series they just had with the best team in the National League. But um, the, the Reds are still probably more in people's minds, consciously better than actually what they are, right? That That's still a team that struggles a lot. And, and Ben Lively as a favorite should feel like an automatic fade because he's not very good. And then yeah. the last team that I have right now is Philly's Guardians first five under. Um, and Ranger Suarez. Was great in the month of June. He was awesome. He yeah. had like six consecutive starts of at least six or seven innings with one run or less. He was fantastic. He's kind of struggled a little bit in in July, but I think he gets back on track here. Cleveland does not hit left-handed pitching well at all, um, so they, they, they. I think that matchup works well here. Progressive Field, one of the toughest places to score runs in baseball in general, should neutralize the the Phillies lineup a little bit against Gavin Williams, who. Making his fifth start now, a sixth start, whatever it is for the young kid, um, he's been impressive. He's also faced like the Royals twice in the Athletics, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, Although he did have a good start out last time against the Rangers, so I'm not 100 percent sure on him. I think he's the real wild card here. Um, but if if he if he can get through the lineup once, you know, without any real sort of uh, real sort of you know damage being done to him, i.e., don't give up a first inning run. Uh, I think, I think we got a shot. Like, you know, I, I think we got a shot here to get this thing home. It was just one of the first things that, that popped off uh, along, with, like the, the nationals guardians. I'm like, I saw that number and I'm like, okay, it is eight and a half or eight or eight and a half. And I go, this game is going under, uh, you know, or at least should go under for, for seven innings or whatever it may be. But, you know uh, I was at least aligned with the idea that it was going to be lower scoring than people expected. Um, especially given – I'm looking at the splits right now for Gavin Williams. I just want to see where he is for uh, how he handles the first time in the lineup. That's a stat I use a lot. How quickly can you get to the first time of the lineup? Yeah, first time through. They're hitting 237 against him. Um He's only given up one home run and 38 at-bats. but He does have 10 strikeouts. So, um, you know, there, there is that I, – I, I don't know. It's not great, 237, but it's ab- absolutely not terrible. There are guys who are in the 250s and 260s, so – um, he actually gets better the second, third time through the lineup. I'm always perplexed by pitchers like that. I don't know what to do with that. When a guy is better the second and third time through the lineup than he is through the first, I'm like, am I supposed to fade you? Am I supposed to back you for a full game? What do I do here? You're only going to pitch six yeah, innings. Yeah, anyway.
0: I think so. yeah, it's a feel thing. You know, it has to do with I think it has to do with ro- the, how robust the arsenal is, and again, the feel stuff. It's probably in then the age of the pitcher and everything. All right, you drop the tone. Let me see if I can clean up some of it. After you go in the back end in a half hour, everybody, we'll, we'll circle through with all the bets. One that I want to get with, though, producer, we could bet. I've been pulling back on it because usually me and Jay are really synced up. We're using BetStamp, by the way, everybody, that awesome app you see, which is, it, man, some things just sell themselves. Like if you walk into a store and you want to buy something and there's a bottle of soda on two different shelves and one of them is 10% cheaper on the other shelf, you get the cheaper one. So you go to apps like this that show you where the prices are on books and, again, Mark, you're an educator. So one thing I always tell people, man, we mentioned betting early, pricing matters so much. Betting in baseball is so hard, variance levels are so high. That just capitalizing advantageous pricing, that five or ten percent you could save, could be the difference between black and red ink at the end of the year. That's like legit that's legit stuff that I learned on Wall Street.
1: Totally, people
0: yep. scoff at a two percent ROI. Well, the other way with bad pricing is a minus seven. You know, and like it's it just All about thinking in terms of percentages, getting the best prices. So I've been betting to win 10 producers. So let's go with that Philly one. There's one thing that jumped out here for me. He mentioned all the good stuff about Suarez. One thing I didn't hear was he's been fantastic On the road, 239 ERA, sub 700 OPS for Suarez, less than a half a home run per nine. You flip that one on its head, Gavin Williams has been really bad at home for Cleveland. 280 batting average allowed, nearly 900 OPS. The ERA up near six, more than two home runs per nine for the young man. So though I like him and I think he's the kind of guy next year, I don't know if you play fantasy Mark. Gavin Williams will probably be awesome next year. Like this whole crop of youngsters that maybe feels a bit disappointing on the edges. That's what we want. We want these guys to get game experience. We want them to learn, take their lumps and stuff like that. Then have an off season to prepare at game speed. These guys are going to be good. So I don't want people to think like, because listen, dude, I was attacking Brent every single game. We got paid that entire stretch. We got paid that entire stretch. Just mashing him. And it's not because I don't like him. And because I don't think he's going to be good. But a lot of times they force these youngsters into bad, into rough spots. They end up getting beat up. They get in their head. You know what I mean? We don't make trouble. Well, you know,
1: it's interesting because I've been tailing Brian Wu from Seattle. Since yeah, exactly. he they brought him up for his first two starts on the road against the Angels and on the road against the Rangers, and he got lit up, and it was awful.
0: He got He's absolutely
1: good for you. A, a, but, but, I you know, one of the things I'll do when I bring a guy up is I'll just go look at his minor league stats, and I'll go read the scouting reports on him, Right just to understand what he was. And everything yep. everything, everybody said about Wu is coming true. He's got swing and miss stuff. He's electric. He's going to be a high K-rate guy uh, when it comes to it, and he's proven that ever since yep. those first – and even in those first two starts, you know, like I, I think he only lasted two innings against the Ranger, but he struck out four guys, right? Like it, it's just – it's one of those things where now you see him striking out five and six and seven and eight, you know, every single time out there. Um, so he's a pitcher that I've followed since he's got up. Uh, played against him his first two starts on the road because that was just a terrible decision by the organization. But at home, he's been yeah. fantastic this year too.
0: I, you know, I just I really love that you're you're unabashed about recent results. Again, I'm I'm having an excellent fantasy season myself. Somebody I'll be betting on after, probably after you hop off was a guy like Braxton Garrett, Miami. I'll tell you that was to me that was managerial malpractice to let that young man eat eleven earned runs that game. That's new this year. I'm a older, right, than probably someone else. But there was a day when, all right, the guy gave up four or five and you think he looked sharp. If he went out and gave up that next three-run homer and you got to eight or nine, you yoinked him. You can't get to 11 or runs without three, like, getting walloped three different times. They left him out there to dry. It ruins all the stats, right? And he's excellent. It was like I had the klaxon sounding going, and him across the board of fantasy, we're going to be betting on him for the next three months until people figure out Braxton Garrett is a goat, and that's exactly what we've seen. Since I'm on the topic, he's another one. That number is not is not proper. Put get Braxton Garrett in the bin. Let's take a quick look at him. He's at twelve to one to lead it. He should be probably one of the I don't know probably one of the favorites. He's got all the swing and my stuff you could ask for. You know when you pop the hood. 23 game as
1: well. Colorado.
0: Yeah, gotta, right, right. The flip side, the matrix there is beautiful. Braxton, 31 and a half CSW, 28% with, 68% 1st strike, 36 O oh swing. So he's got the goods. And then you flip it on its head. And Colorado is up they're a whiff factory. They've been that way. All year, they're really, really struggling. And in particular, they've been terrible against lefties. Right now, bottom three in the league in strikeout percentage, last 500 PAs, 28%, 12.5 swinging strike, 84 zone contact. Braxton Garrett to maybe lead this one at 12 to 1. Mark, we're going to get you out of here in two minutes. But like I said, no, no, no. Well, if you have anything else that you want, I don't want to keep you, but I really want you to prioritize. uh, take, Take a minute right now while we got you before you do have to go. And talk about some of the positive work that you've done in the community. It mean, dude, I'm serious. It means so much to me. Cause there are so many crappy people, not just around, but in the industry that are so selfish. They're so inward. It's like it makes me does. And people have their mixed on the military and stuff like that. <laughs> This is apolitical. These are your countrymen. These are human beings. These are men and women with families who are without their mothers and fathers, their aunts, aunts and uncles. I'm not trying to exclude anybody here. These are, are, are hurt and abandoned families temporarily, right, that need help. They need, at the very least, support and not to be shat, which is the thing you could do to anybody that's marginalized. It's not just about militaries. Anybody that needs help, we should be
1: looking to help them more. Just just talk about your stuff at least really quick. No, I appreciate that, Johnny. Thank you. Um, you know, it means for, a lot, man. For uh, over six years now, I've hosted a podcast called The Hazard Ground. Uh, it's tales of combat and survival. Uh dot the website. We're on everywhere you can get podcasts. Also a YouTube channel as well. Hazard Ground, uh, just search sort of Hazard Ground YouTube, and you know, you get a chance to hear from some of these these uh, these great Americans and warriors themselves who uh, who share their story uh, and their journey. You know, and some of that is is mental and physical and you know, some people have been blown up and some people are missing limbs and others are came home fine but have mental wounds and mental scars that they've struggled to get over. They've started their own foundations, they've started their own businesses, they've started their own charities uh, to go out and sort of help everybody uh, in need. And it's just a great chance to showcase some of these stories that you don't hear about. I mean, everybody knows American Sniper and Lone Survivor because they were books that were made into movies. Well, you know, the Hazard Ground tries to tell all those stories that never got that opportunity. You know, uh, let it be its own personal book slash movie for people to hear about. You know, it's a it's just a it's, it's a great format for um, veterans to be able to share their stories. And there's some other tangential ones. We've interviewed Gold Star spouses and Gold Star family members and right. you know, some doctors who work with PTSD patients from the military. You know, a lot of mental health discussion there as well. Um, you know, I, I, I work with a, a veterans charity now personally as well. It's just, you know, it's a space that I'm very passionate about. It's a space that I uh, am very protective over uh, because yeah. there are a lot of people who will glom onto the military and glom on the veterans for their own financial, personal gain, ego, whatever it may be. And, you know, while I can't holistically stop any of that, I can at least call it out when it happens and and try to do so. So I, I just think that, you know, again, um, the opportunity for these stories to be heard and shared is, is so great so if you know if you're ever on a an hour drive to work or you know you're on a road trip or whatever hazard ground is a great podcast to flip on and and listen to so uh subscribe rate review whatever you do give it a thumbs up on uh, on the youtube channel and uh leave a comment the apple comments whatever it is give us five stars that helps the algorithm grow it's been around for a long time it's pretty well known in the veteran space although the you know the podcast algorithm doesn't always help me with all the downloads and everything else, but you know I, I don't do it. And I, I, full disclosure, everybody, I've never made a dime off the, the, the show, uh, not yeah. one. Um, and it, and it and it has the ability to be profitable. I've just never. Bothered to try because it's never been what it's about. Uh, it's it's awesome, been about.
0: Awesome, stuff, man.
1: Telling stories, cool. Sharing the stories with everybody. So
0: I yeah. think that. I have a – my grandfather had a, a purple heart in World War II. Awesome. And, you know, you just have to get an appreciation for that stuff again. Dude, I, I ain't no skater, I ain't no skater cat. I've punched guys three times my size. I've also been around when bullets start flying. And guess who's their pants? The answer is me. So when you find those people that start running towards the gunfire to keep it from, you know, putting another one brass. Those are the people who'd want to have tips So anybody that wants to contribute to Mark, you know, help him out. So Mark, come on. I'm not going to keep you. Just close this out because I want you to make sure that you're going comfortably, not rushing. You got any other plays? You got any other takes? You have any other people you want to add to our daily K leader thing? And then we'll get you out of here, nice and graciously, without rushing you. I I
1: know, I know the numbers aren't fantastic for the K thing, but you, you owe it a look to take Framber as a look, given going up against yeah. uh up against Oakland. He's a he's a. Swing miss guy. He's always got, you know, a, a high strikeout number. Um, and, and Oakland isn't exactly a uh, uh, anything but, as you mentioned, the whiff factory and have been all year long. So I think you kind of just have to give him a look and see if you can get comfortable enough to get there. Um, like I said, I, I will uh, – you, you might have convinced me to get to the window on Giants-Nats over, um, at least in, in, in the methodology that I want to do. Uh, I got to go look at the prices and see where they are on my personal book, but I I'm pretty sure I'll get there on Philly's guardians as well. First five under. Um, but I, again, I would tell everybody to develop yeah, one.
0: Come on. We all want one really long. What's that? We want a long shot. K leader, man. That's what you came for. Remember, um, we know, when I'm burning their money, we want one long shot. Give me somebody at the back end of that board, back half of the board that you think, because again, that could, you're going to need 10 strikeouts. Who's got 10 strikeouts in the bag tonight? All right,
1: let me just take a look at this list again. Here. All right,
0: well, here, while well, you look at it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put the last lesson on it because I always make sure to do this for people because again, pricing is so important. And we, as much fun as we want to have, we need this to be profitable. Like that's kind of the point. If you're going to play the daily K leader, you really—I was half kidding about the long shot stuff, but only half kidding. You want to avoid the front end of the board because a lot of times, like I said, you need 10 or 11 strikeouts to win. If you were to check the alt line on the favorites, you could get a better price on ten strikeouts than you will on the leaderboard. And you'd hate to get to ten strikeouts, not win the daily leader, and go home. Murugaza, as they say, you know what I mean. So that's just something that I like to tell people. Listen, if you got if you've got a double digit, you can go for it because the all prop's not going to be there. But sometimes we we have had we had some sharp listeners pointed I mean, out where some of the some of the guys at the top are not worth it. So go ahead, dig along. who's got who's Mark's long shot? Here's what Let's I'll see. go. With.
1: Here's what I'll go with. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you Zach Elfin. um He's okay. a guy who averages, you know, a strikeout. he has got wow, a nine? N- get
0: out of here! He's hundred and twenty to one.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, the Orioles aren't necessarily a high strikeout team, but uh, if, if you're looking at a guy who can turn it on in a start, uh, Zach Eflin is is probably you know one of those guys who could do it.
0: Dude, I absolutely. Yo, I love- I'll tell you, man. There's something to I, this is a mistake that I make myself personally, because I model everything. So, not to say I fall in love with it. It's for some people I do it backwards, and I, this is something I need. You, you are very good with this. A uh, good friend of the show, Maddie Williams, is good with this. Another one, Frank A, is very good with this. Of, um, I often talk about pricing, and I kind of do it backwards. Meaning, I model. I look for model strength and then look for pricing when a lot of really sharp betters with a little more experience than me. Remember, I'm more of a trader that's become a better. I've done very well, but I'm more, I'm more set in my trading ways. That you need to go look at the pricing first. Sometimes it's pricing greater than sign, like whatever work that Mm -hmm. you did. And sometimes it just, unless it gets me in trouble, but it's a blind spot. Like similar to what you said, I you know, think of the Orioles. Good offense. They're not really striking out, so I'm not thinking about that. But if you don't read the menu, you won't know that Zach Eflin, one of the, you know, better pitchers in the league right now. All right, he has a sub four percent walk rate, 22 K minus BB, 30 percent CSW, 65 first strike, 37 O swing. That's that is like the underpinnings of a of a very strong disciplinary basket. And that's the kind of guy at 121 that can get you. So, yeah, my producer's already on it. (laughs) Zach Eflin's in the bin. All right, Mark, close this out. I'll get you out of here because then I'm going to go and do, like, our our old little, like, Tasmanian devil thing. I'll blow through our standard stuff. So, again, promote all your work and uh, where people can find you. And then just have a great weekend. I really do appreciate it.
1: No problem, John. Again, at Mark Zeno on Twitter, on Instagram as well. All my plays are posted at Sports Memo. I tweet them out and I tweet the link out to it so you can get everything you need from me there. But, just hit me up on Twitter. You got any questions? I'm more than happy to answer. If you ask me what I like, what I don't like, I'll certainly uh, hit you guys back and, and respond. So feel free to hit me up there as well.
0: Dude, appreciate you. I appreciate your work. And again, I, you know, I, it's, kind of, it's a little selfish of me, but it's, listen, this is what I do. I really, really enjoy seeing the people that I like make moves, you know, because our style. Right to us, we're like, well, this is the way to do it. And I think people are getting to that thinking. But we are not the way the like we're cut from a different course is what I mean to say. You know, you're yes. unique, you're energetic. Again, we bring a lot of different types of things into this that was there, right? There's there's a new attitude in betting space. Betters, this is the thing again, why you and I, I know, I'm gonna include myself with you, stick the listenership right now for betting is sharper than ever, they sniff out a Fugazi in two seconds. If you're not legit, you don't bet, you don't understand. People know it. It's spread out. We're seeing now people like yourself really get pushed to the fore and it's deserved. And it's like, yes, finally. Because for years I was watching just, dude, minus EV content. Matt, you mentioned word education. Imagine going to a betting show and coming out Worse than you were before. Sorry, everybody. Producer, let's get Mark out of here. We really do appreciate him. I'm going to salute him one last time. Mr. Z, dude, enjoy your weekend, Mark.
1: You too, brother. Thanks for having me. And if you ever
0: need a loudmouth guest, I know a guy. <laughs> Take care, man. Thank you. Okay, everybody, let's do the Tasmanian devil thing as we get it out of here. The Friday show, we're going to go to the hour. Producer, appreciate you, my man, for stepping in for J Bird, Mr. Cooper on the ones and twos. I don't know if he gave you access. Do you have the bet stamp? graphic See, we normally bring this up around now. and We take a little break. But just using betstamp.app forward slash call to the pen. There it is, baby. The big guy sent you. Again, this stuff sells itself. You know, I'm just not going to pander. I'm not, not going to go and give this kind of awesome content and analysis and then treat you like you're stupid, right? That, that would be inconsistent. So if you're smart enough to listen to the show, then you're smart enough to use betstamp. You're also smart enough to understand why it matters. Getting better prices will help you win. Profit is made along the edges in this thing of ours. All right, let's wrap this bad boy up. Again, the show is a little bit shows a little bit scrambled from usual, but the, the guest had to go. We got to prioritize those people that you know help me on Friday when I'm not wearing a collar. So I guess you know what? Let, let's do this. Let's focus back on the K leaderboard. I brought up that it's very basic analysis. Okay, so hopefully I've done a good enough job with the nuance. Of- usual to buy myself a little bit of leniency that this is very low-hanging fruit but i was alluding to it with mark and again it's just to help you find outliers right uh silver would call us right the spreadsheet socialistas now i'm probably throwing that i'm right on the borderline but spreadsheets can help you find stuff in the outliers let's get into it i'll show you exactly what i mean so i took pitcher k rate for the season which high is good and added it to the team K rate last 500 PAs, 14 days, high being bad. But now if you combine the highest strikeout rate with the highest teams to strike out, put them together, what do you got, bibbidi-bobby-boop, right besides that, is a a generic list of pitchers with high K going high K matchups. This This one really jumped off the board for me. Okay, I'm going to read you the list. This is mean, Okay, top 10. Top 10. Some, not so surprising. Joe Ryan, Shohei Otani at the top. Like I mentioned, you really don't want to mess with the top of the board. It's only going to get you in trouble. After that, Cody Senga, 16 to 1. I've got to keep an eye on that. They're like 16 to 1. After that, Lance Lind, He's at 7 to 1. I'd probably avoid that. He'd be an all-prop guy to Give you some answers, but also here. After that, it's it's Alec, so like I mentioned before. I mean, so this is again this is very low fruit, but this is a top five theoretical K matchup for a guy going just 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 off the board, he's at 50 to 1. Jesus, man. 50 get like a legitimate shot at a 50 to 1 is pretty impressive. Again, I have some of the marks stuff. You gotta, you know, you don't want to focus on the, the couple starts that we saw. Again, we me and Mark and I were talking about this. You can't just expect minor leaguers to come right up and just pick up right where they left off. It's important to see what the profiles and scattering reports look like. Give you an idea. Marsh comes out, faces the Dodgers, gives up five, strikes out two, woof. Goes into Minnesota, goes five, gives up two, strikes out five. But ooh, this is turning up. Then go six against the Rays, he strikes out 11. And you go Hachi, Machi, Liberace. This guy's got some stuff. Anytime you get the double-digit K's, Listen, there's a lot of pitchers that go through an entire career without never striking out a dozen guys. You go to the K-Log, the K right up through the minor leagues, 29% K rate this year in AAA. 26 all of last year, so the strikeout stuff is there. Mention the Yankees kind of sucking, and they strike it out. So I love, love, love the more stuff. Let's get back into it see who else is kind of ringing on this on the ABC board. After that, after I get I would never have even looked at this. It's Ben Lively. God even knows where this guy is going on the sheet. I got to go scroll down to the bottom. Ben Lively's going off at 151. Let's see if we can figure out what's going on right here. That game is in Cincinnati, so I generally don't look to the pitch there. But Ben Lively, 23% K rate to only 6% walk, pretty efficient, 16 K on his BB. The swing and strike rate down around 10. But the foul ball is limited, right? So that is an efficiency metric which will help you get to the end where you need to go. He hasn't really forced chases and has given up some contact. But I don't striking out 26% of righties on the season. And apparently, Arizona, I can't, something's got to be wrong here. Right? Did I do something wrong? Arizona with the K rate at 21. Something's missing here. I definitely screwed that one up. Forget the lively stuff. I definitely botched that one. Because I think that one got flipped because I'm looking at the Cincinnati. It's a Cincinnati strikeout, right? I definitely crossed the matrix. So apologies there. Forget that one. Let's see who else is next. I should have, again, right? You do the work and you got to be able to fuck. The outliers are wrong. This one sounds like it's wrong again. Gosh, man, i got to be careful with these matrices. Trying to flip. Can be tough. This was also the first time I did it because I was anticipating – mark leaving so let's see if there's anyone else i think maybe we'll just go to the k stuff and look for the strongest tapestries here and then work it backwards before we get out of here and then i'll see if i can drop another bet or two we'll circle back on marks in the meantime producer do me a solid i know i wanted the philly game we're betting to win 10 by the way that's why i didn't want to start getting in i know it's our first day so let's bet to win 10 Philadelphia Phillies and I think the other one is the Rangers. So it's a Mark's place. So we're gonna tail Mark on Philly and the Rangers. I'm not going with the Cubs. That one was a no thanks. So back to the strongest case stuff, right? Otani, Mars, Sanger, Ryan, Lynn. Then I think it's important we look at Framer Valdez. Unfortunately, now the market is onto it. But he added that cutter working up in the zone. He's been getting strikeouts like crazy. So Valdez, well, he is a brown ball machine, right? People like not say they think of him as a brown ball machine. He is a ground ball machine. Oh, one other person. Okay, let's take a look. One more long shot. Got to be Reese Olsen for the Tigers. Tampa Bay just really not looking any good. They've gone in the tank. Last 500 PAs, 13.5 swinging strike, 37 chase rate. Those are both bottom eight. They've been really, really bad. Bottom three expected woba against righties. Last 500 PAs, it's been a seriously rough go. For the rays. Oh god, I vouch it again. Let's go look, take a look at. Geez, supposed to be the padres. God, I really blew this one. So everyone's gonna have to take my apologies today. I'm not gonna not say I won't do it. I won't rush my I won't rush my work. Let's get into stuff that we know is right. But I did have Reese Olson pop. I posted in my group chat earlier. Olson on the season, 396 ERA, one flat whip. OPS at 615 again. Why I use OPS with whip and ERA. To make that third point, right? Any two points can make a line. The third point hopefully will validate it. All the earn run indicators for Olson through the roof, three six or below on the Sierra XFIP, 26k to only 5% walk, 29 CSW, 27 with. So really strong makings of the board there. San Diego, not really a big strikeout team there. But again, it's reflected in the price. Reese Olson at a 130 to one. You know, last I checked, there's only 30 guys. Call to the pen says, we need 1,000 subscribers in order to turn on something cool like Super Chat. So this is another reason. Tell your friends, subscribe to the channel, rate and review while you're there. Press the cartoon thumb and the cartoon bell and any other stupid cartoon images you could find. That will help because that stuff matters way more than it should. Way more than it should for all the business meetings I've had about putting on awesome baseball shows. Nobody ever asks, are oh, you smart? Are oh, you funny? Are oh, you compelling? Is this positive EV? Will people like you? They just want to know how many likes you got. That's it. D-Rock, appreciate you, man. Taco Core, Brian Rose, the rest of the crew hanging here. Brian, Gabriel, Camo, George L, P-O, D.G. Stota, and Christopher Torres. Sorry for the late shout outs, everybody. You know, on Friday I tend to do that. Prioritize the guests. Smash the like button, all that good stuff. I'm really upset that I blew the Matrix thing today. Let's see if we missed anybody else. Our dude did mention Eflin. He has a very strong K basket. I might have one more here, but it's really tough. The reason I passed it is because you'd have to go up against. Looks like you got to go up against. Oh, it's the Mets. Hmm. So maybe we're going to add one more producer. And I think it's Cutter Crawford. That's Cutter with a K. Again, 150 to 1. Just, gosh, give me all these, right? Give me all these. Let's take a look. Connor Crawford, somebody, again, I'm really into fantasy. Not to keep bringing that up and beating over the head with it, but I always believe a lot of the science of betting for baseball happens in the fantasy community. And I've kind of taken it upon myself to be a part of that and try and understand it, digest it, and, you know, then apply it. Connor Crawford has all this – this fastball is ridiculous, like all the diagnostics. Again, if you're into that stuff, you know the – it's like 10 – Inches of vertical drop with the less is better and with double-digit arm side run. Plus the velo, he works up in the zone. Stuff plus in the fastball just through the roof. 117 stuff plus in the fastball for Carter Crawford with a K. 374 ERA, 113 whip. But we're looking at strikeout stuff. Again, you see the 24% K and it's like, ah, oh, that seems a bit underwhelming, right? It's just average. However, you got of pop the hood on these things, hopefully while you come and hang with me. 13% swinging strike. Ball rate down 33, whiff rate over 28, and he's got the bully metric going. You knew I was going to mention it. We mention at least once every show. We add first strike to chase rate, and if those whose numbers equal greater than 100, you get the bully stamp of approval from the Call to the Pen crew. Right? You get up, you get ahead, you make them chase their junk. Carter Crawford off the walls, man. 64 first strike, 37 O swing. You know, those are all top-end metrics. He gets up, he gets a first strike, and then has the ability to induce chases and swings and misses. Loving Crawford, he's, he has really struggled at home. But again, you know, I try to buy too much into that stuff. Mets as a team have struck out 25% of the time. Last 500 PAs, team batting average of 182. They're firmly heading into the tank. So I think that one is... Is a pop for sure. I'm really glad to add that one. Cutter with a K at 150 to one. Let's review the K basket. Appreciate you producer. her. You know, I could be not say I'm tough to work with, but you know, this is fast moving, a lot of real time stuff. And then again, I kind of broke the mold for the regular show and then made mistakes. So (laughs) I really didn't do you any favors here. If you appreciate the live TV, you know, come on, man, this stuff happens. Make sure you tag Rob Pizzola. He's into that stuff, man. You tag him on Twitter. Let him know what kind of a job we're doing around here. The Canadian Pizza Man bringing you the large round. That's me. Quick. All right, we got Alec Marsh at fifty to one. We got Clark Schmidt at twenty one to one. Zach Eflin one hundred and twenty to one. Carter Crawford at one fifty to one. Braxton Garrett at twelve. We also had to mention a frame Valdez. The reason I don't want to nail that one yet, you got to check the books first. I really, people, again, you know, as we're having fun, we're doing these golf tickets on Fridays i never burn your money, right? We're always solely focused on profit. Got to be careful with Framber. I have a feeling if you're to find a Framber alt prop for 11 strikeouts, it might be better than the plus six to one. And I'll go one further. You even should be willing to eat a little bit of value because, again, the alt prop is an objective bet. The K leader has no theoretical ending. You'd hate to get 11 strikeouts and not be the daily leader is what I mean. That would be a – that's a pure loss. Like, if you want to be a loser, that's a pure loss. One other thing to expand on it, the reason why we want to go through this stuff, I won't put it on you, Zach, but these guys are also pretty viable looks at, let's say, standard key props. You know what? We have a minute. Let's go through this. This is something I wanted to help people with because that's something that I get a lot of questions in regard to as we shifted on Fridays to this. And again, you hit me up any time of day, any day of the week. Tag us on Twitter. Get us on YouTube. We are literally here for you. And it's to take the players that we liked in the K-Leader market and just go skim. Go skim. Because, right, we're not just throwing garbage at the wall. We're looking for pitchers with swing and miss stuff against teams that are striking out, hoping that we've identified some misprices. So, again, 150-1s to are great. You have a much better chance of hitting the standards. Let's take a look. Zach Eflin, five-and-a-half strikeouts at 125. Could you bring that one up? Zach, can we bet that one for for five? Put five bucks on that. Player props I've been trying to dial down. There's a little more variant. But to give you an idea, right off the bat, we love Zach Eflin. We talked about the tapestry. All the underpinnings are there. Five-and-a-half Ks is a pretty low bar, and you're at plus money. So let's bet that one for five, pretty please. Zach Eflin, over five and a half Ks. We're right off the bat, showing you a bit of the application. Let's keep going. Braxton Garrett, five and a half, it's at minus 130. I I posted that for my subs this morning. That line has moved a little bit, but for, for minus 130, I think it's viable as well. I guess we can hold on it because of the juice if you'd like. But if you wanted to bet seven to win five, I'm okay with that also. Again, I back the work. Alec Marsh is at four and a four-and-a-half we mentioned. I love that. It's a little bit juiced up. Maybe if you're frisky, maybe a pair him. But just to give you an idea of how, like, look, we we took the one type of work, and, again, that's – I hate to push myself up so much, but it's it's part of, I think, why people like my work. Because I can go from fantasy into betting and it's prop markets, right? It's totals plus player stuff. Because I have an idea of daily playing jock market and Pickles. Right, in this age of kind of ubiquitous betting and information, D-Rock grabbed Garrett 5.5, 115. And boy, that moved fast. Also, thank you, D-Rock. I'll, I'll pop the NFL stuff at the end. I'm really excited. I, hopefully those sheets are every, all, you know, worth all the work that I put into them. Because, you know, I, I mean, it's kind of like my thing now, right? So let, let's see who else is there. Okay, one we do want, let's lock this one in, Zach, would be the Cutter Crawford prop. Okay, that one we want for sure because it's at standard betting. So he's at four and a half KS from minus one ten. We definitely want to hit that one. When we play props that are negative, we bet to win five. So if you want, you can bet five fifty to win five. If you don't mind, Z, please. please. Let's get back into the board. I think that's pretty much it, right? Henry Williams, why? yeah, okay. I think, I think that'll do it. Again, you know, the valid days, you gotta, you gotta check the books. Ryan, you got to get the eight strikeouts. I'm going to say no thank you. Right? We mentioned Garrett. We mentioned Eflin. And I think that will do it for the case stuff. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to the Fastest Show. In MLB Absolutely Anywhere. Sorry about the hiccup. It happens in really show. I mean, I really feel like we pull off a seamless, like, flawless show constantly again. You know, death, taxes, sun rising in the east, setting in the west, bears making dookie in the woods, and meet up before the crack of dawn to bring me this bad biatch. You know what I'm saying? I really work my arse off. Get up in the comments. Let us know if you if you noticed me. <laughs> because if not, I could just pull back. I should just pull back on it. Before we get out of here, let's get you a couple bets. I'm just going to bring up what, what I posted earlier today. I had Baltimore and Tampa F five under five. The second I smashed it, that one move, so I'm going to leave it. I've got Miami for the full game run line. If you want, Zach, we can hit that one. That was at minus one ten when I got it. I got Garrett by a by a mile today. I also have Mets and Boston F five under five point five. If we can get that, I would take that. It's juiced up, and I think that'll be a nice little ticket for. Friday. If you want all the rest of the stuff, hit me up on Twitter. Again, you get a free look anytime. I'm not trying to show. I mean, again, my site took 20 cents a day. But again, you don't have to pay. I'm not showing free stuff. I just really want to help people because I've, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. I've sold more units with free previews than jacking up prices. You know, show people how to use it, that you're not after their wallet, that you're trying to grow their wallet instead of shrink it. And I've found that they make money using the stuff then they'll go and give me the 20 bucks the rest of the season. So if you want to sign up to all our stuff, feel free to get with that. I just dropped my NFL ranks and stuff yesterday. I mean, I'm gonna, it's like over-delivering, right? We're going to do fantasy stuff throughout the year, rankings, and the betting stuff will be out in a little bit. But I mentioned those cheat sheets. So if you're doing prop betting or anything, fantasy prep, best ball, or the like, I don't think you could find a better one for cheaper. It's 10 bucks for the entire season. And that's really my thing. I've been – kind of take it upon myself to be the man of the people and really turn down the pricing as betting has become legalized. More people being able to bet it probably means more people getting into trouble with it. That just kills me because you can bet every day. You can have fun doing this, providing you have a good process and there is a you know distinct and stringent methodology tied to risk management, which, again, there is, for me, last lesson before we get out of here, people. This is A number one. Again, I do nothing but talk about losing, which is funny because my sides up like four twenty units, which again is whatever. Right? You know, you can lose them all in a week. I try to boast about that stuff, but it is funny for the losing I talk about. You think we were down, and it goes to show the mental side of it, right? Even up, you can beat yourself down. When you're down, you can really beat yourself down, and that's what i want going to focus on today. The very last lesson, maybe the most important thing that I've had imposed on me, that I've tried to help people with, is if you're struggling with betting, of course you should seek help, but this, I think this is the real help, and it's a little bit different than the advice given out there. If you're struggling with betting, you're losing, okay, it doesn't mean you need to stop betting. It doesn't mean you need to get away from the science of betting, the theory of betting your work. In fact, I think that's the worst thing you could do. What you need to stop doing is losing money. If you say, well, you need to win bets. No, you need to stop betting money. And it's really intuitive. If you're one of those people that are in the red and you feel frustrated and you feel behind, unplug the live cash. Bet on paper. Follow our bets. You can track them in real time. One of the beauties of sports betting is you don't need the cash. You can track everything on paper, in real time, timestamp it, the whole night Track your own stuff on betstamp on, pick it, one of those, whatever. Prove that you can show 30, 60, 90 days of profitability. Think of that as easy, medium, hard, depending on the level you're going to risk, the amount of money. And then you go live. I have seen people run through, let's call it a combine, run through 8, 10, 12, 15 combines before showing profitability. Think about that, how much money I saved you right there. Right? Because not realizing, well, oh, I lost those 30 days. But you lost, you lost on the paper. You didn't lose any real money. And in fact, if you were smart, you were saving actual capital while you were doing it. So it becomes like dip, duck, dive, duck, and dodge. It's a two-player swing. And that's what really matters in this world. You know, understanding the machinations of the dollar, understanding risk management, how to apply these things. And again, boom, that will do it. This time for real, find me on the show with enough, with more lessons. God darn it, man. Rate, review, and subscribe. Show us that you love us because this stuff matters more than it should. You hate to lose this show. Listen, it's free. And if it's free, it's for me. So I'll trade you all this info for a cartoon finger. Player props, Savant, up now. What's up, kid? I will be joining my favorite show that isn't my own, Pass the Prop. We're going on at 1230 AM EST. Look out for me on Twitter. I'm going to bump it. Look out for Jay, Player prompt. Brian Gabriel says, I'm number one. And with that, wipe the tear. Appreciate you, man. Again, without you guys, I'm just a fat dude screaming at his computer. It means a lot to me. The interactions, the friendship, the camaraderie, and the community that's been built around this show. Again, we started with zero. Very difficult. Over 800 subs. Help get us to 1,000. And that will do it, everybody. Enjoy the games. Enjoy your day. When we're done with the book, enjoy the pay. We are nailing the Daily K Leader today. I'm telling you, I feel it in my bisoms. And remember, when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck. Catch you Monday, 9, 30 a.m. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Peace.